Good afternoon and welcome. My name is Marilyn Shannon, and this is the Breaking Free Show, and I am so delighted to have all of you join us today from wherever you are all around the world, I hope. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. Um, The premise of our show is to bring you the most interesting people, stories, ideas, strategies, techniques, anything we can find, stories about freedom, about ways of experiencing life, expressing life, sharing life, things that we can learn from each other. And today, oh my goodness, we have an extraordinary, extraordinary show. So hold on to your seats because I'll be right back. I want to welcome Amnon, who is our producer. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And you? Just fine. How you, How's your week been? My been? week has been good. Thank you very much. It's sunny out and um, I'm excited. So it's all good. Nice. Thank you. All right. So here we go. You know, it's amazing what you find when you're doing shows like this. When you're looking for people, well, sometimes they just appear. Sometimes you look. Sometimes you're on a a website. You're reading a blog. All kinds of things occur, and you find the most extraordinary people. And I have to tell you, everybody that I meet, whether it's in the grocery store, in the drugstore, my neighbor down the street at a party, everybody has a story. And everybody has something to share or doing something that is making a difference. I believe it from the bottom of my heart. I know there's a lot of cock on this going on in the world, but I don't pay attention to it. I pay more attention to the good things that are going on. And a while ago, a dear friend of mine, um, somebody I work closely with doing some marketing and video, sent me the link to this thing called gravity glue. And I was like, you talk about glue. I was glued to the screen. I could not believe what I was watching. And I was like, like this, it was great. And so Michael Grab is this amazing artist and he, uh, he's a balance artist and he works with rock and he's extraordinary. He's from uh, Edmonton, Canada originally And he relocated to Boulder Creek in 2002. And by some kind of weird happenstance through boredom, he developed or found this art of rock balancing. And it's it's really amazing. He creates gardens and he does it outside. And he's um, really extraordinary. And this is what he said. He said, it's hard to explain how my work and my art impacts the world. But I feel it does in one very interesting way. It destroys beliefs, dissolves cognitive boundaries between what is thought to be impossible versus possible, and hence inspires people to think more in terms of possibility versus limitations. Another very core part of the practice is presence in the moment and also impermanence and hence gratitude. And it's really extraordinary what he does. And so I want to introduce Michael to everyone, and we're going to get a a little demonstration of his work, and then later on I'm going to show you some more pictures of what he does. But he's outside, and it's cold, and we want him to kind of say hello, and then he's going to demo, and then we're going to go inside. So, Michael, welcome. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing all right. It's a little bit cold here today, but I'm used to it. So you're out a lot, aren't you? Yeah. And most of your work is done outside. 
right? Most of your work is done outside? Uh, correct, yes. So tell us a little bit about your work and then show us what you do. Um, well, basically, I balance rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, seems like a really random activity, especially to spend so much time on. But um, once I came across the art form myself and started doing it, um, it just naturally developed into a passion. And uh, now I just spend my life doing it. Um, it's what I love to do. And I don't know, I just stuck with it and now I just do it full time somehow, some way. <laughs> and, and just tell me, how did you stumble upon it from boredom? What were you doing? I was just hanging out in the Boulder Creek here um, in Boulder, Colorado with a friend and it was a hot summer afternoon. Uh, Boulder Creek is an excellent place to cool off and we were just down there looking for various rocks. Um, I think obsidian to be precise and um, just the act of kind of rummaging through rocks we started putting them on top of each other and eventually we kind of noticed these little clicks that happened when they would balance on each other and we just started doing that all day and eventually we had an entire garden going across the creek and um, at the end of the day I just felt extremely productive and great about all the work I did that day. And um, so I just kept with it and started doing it on the weekends away from my job. And from there, it just kind of spiraled out of control. <laughs> and now it's what I do all the time. So when you looked at it, you realized that you, had, you, you came upon something, you had something there. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, it was a pretty instant click in my mind, I guess. I fell in love with it immediately, and, um, yeah, it just turned into a passion all of a sudden and unexpectedly. Hmm. Fabulous. All right, well, why don't you demo for us, and then we're going to, I'm going to hold my breath while you do it. What should I do while you're doing it besides hold my breath? Uh, just breathe. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, I have a rock just out front of my place here. Grabbed a couple of rocks from the pile outside, and I'm going to balance them. <laughs> so, basically, what I'm doing is feeling for these clicks when they lock into position or into balance. <clears throat>
So that's basically the gist of it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So really cool. <laughs> that is really cool. I know people are like looking at it and going, holy moly. And how long will it stay like that? Um, well, this one is a pretty sensitive one. So a small breeze or gust of wind will probably knock it down. Uh-huh. I might even be able to blow on it and knock it down. <laughs> when you say you're 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 uh, you're looking or listening for the click, what do you mean by that? Well, basically, every rock is, um, or most rocks are, just covered in all these tiny little dents and indentations, um, just like the natural surface of the rock. And um, by lining them up in particular ways. Um, when it locks into one of those indentations, you can kind of feel a click or vibration that runs through your fingers. And um, it takes an extreme amount of focus usually to um, not only feel the clicks, but to actually make them line up in particular ways, especially um, point balances like this and using rounder rocks and especially using a large rock on top like this one. Because um, there's a significant amount of weight, especially running through this middle rock right here. And the trick is just lining up the centers of gravity in whatever way you choose. <laughs> and do all rocks have this thing, this way of clicking them? Or do, um, you, or do you have to look for certain rocks? Well, I guess the artistic aspect comes through uh, finding certain rocks that appeal to me personally. Um, but pretty much any rock is just completely covered in small indentations any, any, or everywhere. Um, so, yeah, pretty much any rock will work. Um, different rocks will work better with other rocks, and they all kind of have their own character in a way. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, I got plenty of questions for you, but I know we said you're going to do this, and then we're going to you're going to go inside, and we're going to continue talking from inside. Uh, yeah. Okay. So terrific. So you take your computer. We're going to. Do we give this a name? Do you give your statues a name? Uh, no, not really. I usually um, don't really attach any kind of. Um, meaning to them, or well, not necessarily meaning, but. I don't really attach any kind of subject to them. They just are what they are. It's like, I guess, pure Zen in a way. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh -huh. Well, that's what we want to get into. I want to get into what your concept of, of balance means. So do you want to go inside now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Can I knock this over first? Uh, uh, yeah, knock it down. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So Michael's going to go inside. And we're going to follow him in there, and then we're going to talk to him further about um, what what this whole notion that he has of balance. Because I think, you know, he's going to shed some extraordinary light um, on balance and what it means by um, maybe fitting things into a groove and having things connect. And they are what they are and all these things because we spend so much time, you know, controlling things. And the controlling of things actually takes us out of this balance, whether it's 
just allowing things to be and being in alignment or being in concert with the environment and what's going on. We spend so much time controlling things that we don't notice when we're in the groove or we're in the flow of something and being in the flow allows us to be in this balance. And Michael, um, I'm curious, so many questions, and I want to just say to the rest of you, if you have questions that I don't ask, because I'm asking questions that I'm curious about, but if you have questions, please feel free to call us at 919-518-9773. And if you're somewhere in the world and you don't have a, you can't use your phone to call North Carolina because that's where we are, then please feel free to contact us on computers, that's plural, then the number 2K voice. And we will uh, welcome you on uh, Skype. And we'd love to have you comment, ask questions, you know, share your concepts, whatever it is that you have, because um, this is a really interesting opportunity to really explore something in a in a realm that I don't think, you know, I've ever thought about it. And this is going to make a big difference for me in what I do. And at the same time, we have a chat window um, attached to our website here um, on the Nissan Communications website. So if you're there when you're listening and watching our show, please feel free to sign your name in and take part in the chat. There's all kinds of comments and um, questions and things going on in here. So uh, be my guest. Uh, take part in the show as much as you'd like. And this is this is for all of us. So as soon as you're ready, Michael, you're almost ready? Almost. Um, yep. Okay. I'm ready. Is the light good enough? Is the light good enough? I'm done. Okay, so let's we'll go on anyway, all right? Because okay. we can see you. And uh, anyway, so oh my goodness, so I have so many questions. So we talked about, you know, do you look? Do you have spe I mean, like favorite rocks, or you just will try anything? Um. Well, I definitely have favorite rocks. When I first started, um, I would just try anything. And that's kind of uh, part of the learning experience is just grabbing random rocks and seeing how they work and just experimenting. Uh, a huge part of it is just kind of the uh, play mentality or just putting yourself in, I guess, the mind of a child and just losing everything else and just flowing. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge part of the art or the practice also. So were you like, I mean, what were you like as a child? Ooh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe maybe my mom could answer better than me. Oh, wait, should we uh, call her? <laughs> um, I don't know. She is on Skype somewhere. She might be at work right now. <laughs> so, but um, I don't know. I was a pretty curious kid, I guess. I was. All, I've always been kind of artistic in various forms. Um. My mom is also an artist, um, so I spent a lot of time learning from her uh, just about color and design and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, played some random sports when I was little and mm -hmm. just generally like to be outside a lot. Mm -hmm. I just want to tell you uh, just some of the things that are being said on the uh, chat, just so you know. Uh, yep. uh, Michael V. says, balance is a gate on the truth. Thanks, Michael. And then San, um, Alexandra, she said, um, hi, Mike, hi, uh, hi, Michael. 
Alexandra sending good wishes from Croatia. Oh, yeah. I met her recently, actually. So that's cool. And I know that there's a lot more going on here and will be. So I'll tell you um, as we get to some, you know, comments or questions. So as a child, were you, I mean, what were you feeling, I mean, as far as this notion of balance or how life worked or how things worked together? Where were you with that? Do you have any memory of that? When I was younger? Yeah. Um, not really. I just liked playing outside a lot. Um, my family used to kind of make a tradition out of, um, going to this or going camping at this lake, um, kind of way outside the city when I was growing up and we went out there for a few weeks each summer and out there, I just spent a lot of time, um, with relatives and a lot of time by myself just exploring and just, I guess, being curious about random things. Mm -hmm. um, I probably wasn't really thinking about balance in particular, but um, I was really paying attention to my surroundings, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would imagine that's something you've kind of been tuned into, clued into before, is your surroundings. Because I, I, I mean, I, I have a hard time imagining that you could go from being disconnected to being so connected. You know, you'd have um, to be connected. Yeah, I guess uh, I wouldn't really uh, consider myself disconnected at any point. Um, I mean, we all kind of have a connection to everything from the day we're born, but um, I don't know. I guess practicing this or discovering this is um, really just developed, I guess, a meditative presence um, where before I wasn't really consciously thinking about it that much. So do you think about it when you're not doing it? Uh, think about rock balancing? Yeah, like balancing or meditation or... Um, well, you yeah. have become slightly obsessed with it. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Whenever I pass a pile of rocks on the street, I always analyze every single one and see how all the different possibilities that I can think of. <laughs> right. So your mind never stops. Uh, no, it's usually processing pretty much every rock I see <laughs> and uh -huh. seeing uh, how it would fit. And do you, uh, so, so tell me about your, concept or your definition of balance? Hmm. Uh, it's just a still point or silence, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, it's never permanent. It's always kind of ebbing and flowing. And at certain points in the path, it always reaches some kind of balance point or I like to call a vector equilibrium of sorts where everything just concentrates or converges into one still point. And that's kind of what a balancer is seeking when they balance rocks is this still point amidst everything else that's moving around, including themselves. Uh -huh. So how does that relate to life in general, do you think? 
Well, I think one of the um, most profound parts of the practice is um, really engaging the moment and kind of, uh, I guess, forgetting about all your thoughts or worries and not thinking about the future or the past and just completely immersing yourself in the now, which is um, an extremely important part to actually be able to realize a balance. You have to be completely in that moment and you have to be so focused on the most minute details and you just have to flow with it. If you're not focused in what you're doing at the moment, um, it's pretty hard to succeed in what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, there's some a question here, but I want to ask you, so what does, there's some questions on the chat, but I want to ask you, what does balance feel like? Um, like with the rocks or just in general? Well, I'm wondering if it's, if it's, I mean, if it's similar to what you're feeling with rocks as in life. I mean, in, in feeling balance is a piece. There's well, a... just because I balance rocks, I wouldn't really equate that to calling myself a balanced person. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine I uh, balance rocks so much maybe because I'm, a little unbalanced as a person. <laughs> maybe. So maybe I'm seeking balance in that way. Uh, um, but, I mean, in every specific scenario where I'm balancing rocks and pretty much every balancer on Earth, there's at least thousands, um, can also probably support this, is you really have to find us. You have to reach a still point within yourself to be able to transmit that into those inanimate objects. Interesting. Well, I have more questions, but I want to, um, there's a question out on the chat from free. And the question is for Michael. And this is from Janelle. Is uh -huh. there a place in the world that you dream of going to balance rocks? Um, well, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> one, of my, one of my dreams, uh, I mean, wherever I go, I always bring my um, camera equipment and all that. And I'm usually looking for um, cool places or beautiful places to um, like either balance rocks or just sit and meditate or just, yeah, generally absorb everything. Mm hmm I mean, one of my dreams is to just travel around the world and go to like a different beautiful place every week or something and just explore all the possibilities basically and just share it with um, people that follow my art. Mm -hmm. Well, what is it that you want people to experience, feel, notice, like about your art? Um, well, I don't really expect them anything from anybody. Um, I mean, it gives me a great sense of, um, just peace and like meditation just to sit in their presence. Um, and I hope that through my photography or just sharing in general that, 
um, that feeling of calmness or whatever, or serenity or basically just can transmit to the viewer in a way. Um, a lot of people have talked to me about when they watch me perform live or whatever, um, like especially in the creek, there's just been um, crowds of people that accumulate ever since I began. And that's a huge part of it too, is a social dynamic. Mm. Um, but a lot of people describe how the meditative presence um, transmits to them in a way also just by watching, just because it's, I mean, I'm completely still, but it's such an intense kind of moment to see if it actually works, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, but usually it's something that most people preconceive as impossible. And it kind of shatters that belief as soon as I let go. Well, you know, when I was watching one of the videos, I was, and I think I was, I mean, I, I, I know I was experiencing what you just described because I was so glued to watching that in that moment I was, I mean, I could have been inside my screen right next to you mm -hmm. and the effects of listening to the water and just watching. I mean, I was really just being there. I wasn't mm -hmm. even conscious of breathing, not breathing, time. It was just, it totally grabbed me. Mm -hmm. As you say, and I don't know if your if your last name um, was always your last name when you <laughs> gave yourself that last name, but it's perfect with what you do. No, it's always my last name. <laughs> Is it really? Because it just is perfect. Grab, because you do yeah. grab attention, and you do. <laughs> you know, it is. Um, there's an there. You said something about being still in balance. So there is. I mean, stillness is an action, I guess. Because you're you're being there is an action of being still in balance, even though you're not moving, you're still doing something in being balanced. Well, when well, the interesting part about rocks and balance is once they are set and re and the balance is realized, none of the rocks are doing any kind of work whatsoever. They're completely content with where they are and how they're arranged. They don't want to move and their inertia keeps them in place. So it's completely effortless for them to sit there and balance. Um, but I guess it takes an extreme amount of effort and focus to actually set them that way. But yeah, once they're like that, they don't think about anything. They don't grasp at anything. They don't care about anything they they just are and some of them will just sit there all night in the dark and nothing will happen and they'll emerge the next morning exactly the same and um if they collapse they don't care they're just uh they just go back to another position of relative balance mm -hmm. where they're still in another arrangement so let me read to you. Um, this is from Skillet. And she says, hey, Mike, I followed you on Facebook for a while, and your work is inspiring to me. Your sense of Zen is amazing. Your photos are over the top. I keep up the same work. Oh, keep up the same work. 
And then um, Michelle said, I agree with that about consumption. And then Skillet, your work, your work, uh, your work at, in Scotland should be addressed uh, there. Very interesting story. What does she mean by that? What he mean by that? Uh, the work in Scotland? Yes. Should be addressed. Is that a story that you, that, is there a story behind that? Um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting story. Um, I went there basically to be part of a movie shoot. Um, it was happening at a castle in near Inverness. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's called Eldori Castle and it's on the north tip of Loch Ness. And it's a beautiful castle once in a lifetime experience because it's just ridiculously expensive to stay there otherwise. Um, but yeah, it's right on the tip of the lake. Um, beautiful gardens all around for acres. And um, yeah, basically it was just part of this uh, two week film shoot. And I was kind of the resident rock balancer because um, they wanted to capture various aspects of um, magic, I guess, for the film, or basically things that are impossible and possible, or making the impossible possible. And it's definitely one of the most beautiful places um, I've ever been in the world, and some of the most beautiful rocks I've ever seen. Um, So the entire experience was... Um, pretty much like a dream. <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe that it was actually real. <laughs> do you find it difficult to, uh, to, since some of what you do is so profound to explain it? Um, yeah, I guess so. I can never fully explain it. It's kind of like, I mean, it's a, in my mind, a perfect manifestation of Zen or just the entire concept, you can't really put it into any category, you can't really describe it through words, it's just, it just is. Mm -hmm. And it can be applied to pretty much anything and everything, but it can't really be completely described itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, So when, do you have to be in balance yourself to be able to do, to, to be able to be with the rocks? I mean, what happens if you're having a bad day and you're out of whack? Um, if there's a lot going on in my mind, it can be um, a little bit more challenging because you really have to clear your mind. And, um, I mean, you don't, actually, you don't really have to do much. Just the act of balancing rocks is a little bit trans-inducing. Mm-hmm. and it's an excellent stress release. Like if there's something going on in life and you balance some rocks, just the focus that's required, it kind of forces you into that state of mind where you don't have anything on your mind. Mm-hmm. And it's an extremely therapeutic practice, in my opinion. And I wonder how similar to life and meditation that is. I mean, if we... If we all could find something, uh, whether it's music, whether it's just staring out in the sunset or painting or drawing or 
balancing rock or sitting by water, if we all can, no matter what's going on in our lives, find that thing, um, how quickly would we find that that place of balance and that place of Zen? How quickly would we find it? I mean, because I know when I turned on your your video, it didn't matter what I was doing. I mean, I'm like on the, you know, the webs and I'm on the internet and I'm, you know, doing all this work and I'm trying to figure things out. And then I come upon this thing and I'm like, I mean, (laughs) no preparation to what I was seeing. I had no idea what a balancer did. I mean, for all I Mm -hmm. knew, you were on a tightrope. I had no clue. And here I am. I mean, I was there. You had me in like a a split set, not even a split second, less than a second. I was there. Mm-hmm. So what were you going to say? Oh, actually, uh, I think I forgot what I was going to okay. say. <laughs> well, let me see if I can help you remember. Uh, I mean, we would. I was saying something about how um, if we all could find something that you know we that could get us in a moment in a oh, second. Oh, um, I mean, I would say it's different for every person. It, it's just like the way every person's life experience is completely unique. Mm. Um, just like its own fingerprint. Um, some people can find that space within themselves almost instantly. Other people, it'll take tons of practice or else they might get frustrated and give up or whatever. I don't know. I can't really um, speak for anybody else beside myself. Right. Well, what is your life like? Since you spend so much time doing this or being this, what is your life experience like? Um, um, well, I definitely do what I love. Um, I don't know. I guess I've uh, stopped paying attention to a lot of things, a lot of noise, if you will. Um, Like, I don't really watch TV much or um, pay attention to pop culture that much. Uh, It's just not interesting to me. Um, If I'm stressed out, I like to go balance rocks because it's just a nice therapeutic way to spend time. Um, And I just like the peace and quiet of just being out away from everything. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a question on the chat. You know, before I do that, I just have to say, you know, some of the things that Michael is saying seems so simple and I'm sitting here and I'm really like visualizing and really working at, at putting myself in a place that I probably don't put myself in enough personally. And I love what he said because everybody's experience is going to be different. I mean, mm-hmm. and maybe when we're there, um, maybe the, the, the experience that we all can feel could be very similar, but the road to get there is going to be different, and based on who you are, it's going to be different. But even just understanding this is so profound and simple at the same time that it's, I mean, I'm envisioning all kinds of things as Michael is speaking. So if I seem a little slow, pardon me, because I'm, I'm, I'm 
processing all of this and it's fabulous. So Chris has a question. Are there times of the year, month that are easier for you to balance rocks or like a full moon or anything like that? Does it, does it make a difference? Well, I'm, I always feel kind of a heightened energy around full moons. Maybe it's um, just in my mind or maybe it's real. Who knows? But I know it's, I know there's, I mean, even if it is in my mind, everything is in my mind. So we create our own reality, but, um, there's a certain strength of seeing this huge glowing object in the sky. That's like perfectly round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a huge part of, I guess the human subconscious, we've been seeing it every single night pretty much for the last, for as long as humans have existed. (laughs) So as same with rocks, like rocks are a huge part of our consciousness also without really realizing it. Um, And I think that partly has to do with so many people responding to stone balance in the way they do is that it's just such an ingrained part of our consciousness people have been working with rocks and building structures for at least thousands and thousands of years. You, you know, it's so interesting because you know, sometimes we just don't pay attention to things until, of course, somebody shines a light on something and then you, um, then your life is so different. You know, I've certainly I've noticed rocks. I've noticed the sheen. I've noticed when they glisten. I notice sometimes mm-hmm. when they, when they twinkle, you know, you, you see them in the water, you see them, you know, they're just so, you know, they are beautiful and they're just natural sculpture. They're just natural. But I will certainly look at them differently um, from here on. And I'm just so thankful for this whole opportunity because I would never, I shouldn't say I would never, I have no idea if I would have or I wouldn't have, but perfect timing for Michael to share all this with me in particular because um, it's just an amazing thing to be part of and to witness. Sharon um, on our chat is saying one thing Michael has mentioned was his obsession and love for Lego. Oh, that you've, you must've spoken about this before your passion and love for Legos. When he was little, Michael's rarely followed the instructions and was constantly creating his own structure. Is this your mother? Yeah, I think that's my mother. (laughs) Sharon, (laughs) welcome. We're so happy to have you on the chat. Thank you for sharing this, because this is really cool. We love having you here. Uh, Let me see. Um, He was constantly creating his own structures. He has always demonstrated an artistic aptitude through a variety of mediums. That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So you used to love Legos, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely my favorite toy growing up. And you did the same thing. Did you do balancing with Legos, too? Uh, not necessarily balancing, but I always broke away from the um, defined outlines or patterns that you were supposed to build. I always, I mean, I always built those at first, and then I took them apart and built my own kind of um, machines of various sorts, mm-hmm. <laughs> just my own designs. We're going to show the um, the slides that I put together, but I, you know, it's very interesting what he just said, because sometimes you just have to break away from whatever is normally going on that could look Mm -hmm. like it's supposed to be. And you must break away to something that is just not 
where you're supposed to be or what's normal to find the balance, which is probably what we're all striving for anyway, which is maybe hopefully more normal. So I want to, um, we're going to show these slides and uh, please feel free. Uh, can he see them? Okay. So let us know what we're looking at. Okay. And um, Okay. Um, this is what I like to call an orb. <laughs> <laughs> I started building these just over a year ago, and it was mostly initially just experimentation. And um, then I started defining it a little bit more until the point where I had thousands of rocks balanced on a single rock. And uh, these are probably the most challenging to make because especially the lower half of the structure, like you're building outwards in three dimensions and trying to keep it as symmetrical as possible while keeping it balanced while adding all these rocks. <laughs> it's really hard to describe the process. I think there's a time lapse in one of my videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole thing when it's done is has... Um, a pretty intense energy about it. It's hard to take your eyes off of it, um, but they're really fun to make. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, these are some balances from Boulder Creek, uh, I think fall 2012. Um, each one is a little bit unrelated. Um, I mean, I guess they're all related in a certain way, but um, yeah, they're just creations on different days in the same season. The one on the right, oh, the one on the right is probably one of the most technically difficult balances I've made just because there's so much tension running through that whole thing. And you can kind of see the way the balance curves through the rocks or what I like to call gravitational threads. Let me ask you while we're doing this, uh, Debbie on our chat wants to know how long these structures last. How long? I mean, I know you said sometimes you can come back the next morning and they, they haven't moved, but generally speaking, how long will they last? Um, anywhere from five minutes to a few days, just depending on the weather mostly. Mm-hmm. I usually don't leave them up in summer months just because the creek has a lot more people traffic and tubers and stuff, so it's a little bit unsafe to leave them standing in certain places. Right. Also, I just want to mention that Michael does live demonstrations, so he's going to now be... The, now, this picture that you just showed, those aren't, or those aren't mine. Those are oh, okay. uh, an artist or rock balancer in San Francisco named Bill Dan. Okay. And he's also been a huge inspiration for me, too, just seeing his work. Um, like, he's kind of the pioneer of, like, counterbalancing techniques. And once I saw his work, I started to experiment with that a lot. But he's been balancing rocks uh, at least since the 90s. So so is, is this yours? Uh, this, this one isn't mine. Okay. The last two you showed were. Okay, the last two. So I want to just say that um, 
Michael's going to be doing some live performances, which I, I, I can only imagine how magnificent that would be. So not only is he in the rivers and the brooks, but he's going to, he does live performances, which um, is going to be, you said Stockholm and did you tell me Germany as well coming up? Uh, yeah, I have a live performance coming up in, on June 15th in Stockholm. Um, I performed at the same festival last year. It's like a classical music festival called O Modern T. I uh, probably don't pronounce it correctly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I did that one a year ago, and people were just blown away by the performance. And um, I mean, there's a video of it on YouTube where you can hear the entire audience gasp as soon as I let go. And it was a pretty thrilling experience. So they're having me back this year for that. And then there'll be another festival near Berlin that I'm most likely taking part in called Freaks of Nature. And it's like an electronic music festival focused on land art and visionary art. Um, so they're going to have like 30 tons of rocks. It's like a week-long event. And... I'm basically just going to be um, building a large rock garden and teaching workshops. So when you when you're teaching a workshop, what do you what what are you mainly teaching? Um, by teaching a workshop, yeah. Um, I don't know. Just basically um, introducing the art to people that are curious and kind of showing them a few basic techniques. And I mean, the biggest part of it is just practice. Like there's not much you can really teach to a person about it. It's all really dependent on firsthand experience and practice. Like the more you practice, the better you'll get kind of thing. So can anybody learn, or I should, I don't know about anybody, but people can learn how to do this. Uh, definitely. There's at least thousands of people all around the world that do it. It's definitely a global phenomenon um, everywhere. Um, it just takes practice. Like I've spent at least 10,000 hours just constant practice, like letting go of everything else pretty much and just practicing, practicing, practicing because I love it so much. And... Um, I didn't really try to do anything. It just spiraled out of control <laughs> what it did. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. My, I have, my husband is a very gentle person, and he's got a lot of patience. I mean, he's the kind of guy, if your necklace is all tangled, you know, you want to take it to him because he can sit there for hours and untangle a necklace. And I just mm -hmm. can envision him being somebody who would do so well at rock balancing. Because he seems to have that, the energy, the, I don't know, the patience, the, just the, the kind of um, connection to, to, a mo to something that you can't see or touch, some kind of a movement that you can feel. And I uh -huh. think that's what you're talking about in some regard. I mean, there is that thing there that you can just be kind of with, you know. Is that making sense? Yeah. I mean, the key to rock balancing is just spending time with the rocks and getting to know them and experimenting a little bit. And you have to have, like, a little bit of a meditative presence to begin doing it. And it just kind of takes over from there. But 
the key is just moving slowly and breathing and just um, not expecting anything really. Uh, you just play with it. You just have to take it easy. I mean, you're just like life. I mean, you yeah. can't, if you're going to run. I got a lot of, like, I got a lot of my curiosity from my grandpa, I guess, because he always used to take things apart and figure out how they work and fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if some machine wasn't working, you would just dismantle it and figure out all the insides. And um, I guess that approach really helps, too, to just, Figure it out somehow. <laughs> oh, we have a phone call. So we're going to take this call. Hold on. Hello. Hello. And who might this be? This is Sharon. Oh, Sharon, welcome. Hey, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I always love when moms call. How are you today? I hope Michael doesn't get upset because I am calling. <laughs> no, no, he wanted you to call. He he, 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 he manifested you. <laughs> So what can you tell us about your son? <laughs> oh, well, I could tell you all kinds of things about him. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. If you're amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had to mention the, mention the Legos, though, because Michael hadn't mentioned it yet. And that, that was a big part of who he is and who, what, what he did when he was a child. And I think that, you know, definitely moved him into the direction he's in now. It's kind of that balance between engineering and art that he has going on now. Mm. So you must, I mean, feel extraordinary when you see him doing this as an artist yourself. Do you know I do? And I don't know if it has anything to do with being an artist myself, but, you know, I can attest to watching him and, and you do, you know, hold your breath. And, and I've seen him do it hundreds of times and it's still, it's stressful for me because... <laughs> Because I watch him and I, I can't believe that he would actually do it, and but I know he can. And and then I, I can tell be right before he kind of reaches that what he calls a still point. I can I can I can feel it. I can feel it in his body. He just kind of slows down, and then before I know it, he takes his hands away and it, and it's done. It's it's fascinating to watch. So the still point that we talked about, as you just said, is so that is the is that the point that you're just right there and you're done. Well, I usually, I mean, it's the still point, but I usually call it the zero point when I, is that singular moment when you know it's balanced and, yeah, basically where it becomes known or conscious that the balance is there, that's the zero point. Mm -hmm. And leading up to that point, sometimes I have no idea where my mind is, like I'm in a completely different dimension. <laughs> so hold on a minute, Sharon. You just, you gave me another thought. So let me ask you, don't go anywhere, Sharon. So Michael, is there a point that you can go over the balance? You can miss, miss the balance. Like you're working on this and everything is balanced and you keep adding another rock and you add another rock. Is there a point that you could add too many rocks? Um, yeah, definitely. It just, uh, that was a problem I had. Um, during a lot of the initial learning is I wasn't sure when to stop adding rocks. So mm -hmm. a lot of the, I mean, I guess it's a good learning experience too, right. just to figure, I mean, you have to fail at life sometimes to uh, learn some of the bigger lessons. Mm -hmm. And um, 
like adding a time, like w one of those orbs that I was making, I spent about five hours making the orb and I placed a tiny little rock on it and it took a couple seconds, but the entire thing just collapsed and all that time was gone. But at the same time, it was a really good learning experience just to be quite a bit more careful that even the smallest little thing can affect everything. Right. And what you had accomplished up to that point, though, wasn't lost. I mean, you still had had... What's that? The, what you had already accomplished up to that point of placing that other little rock on the big rock, you had already accomplished yeah. so much. That wasn't lost. I guess no, no, there. no. I mean, the the biggest part of the art is in the process itself, not right. the end result. Right. So and that's that where all the benefits come from, just for your mind, for your heart, for everything. Right. Isn't that interesting? That's such a, a metaphor for life, isn't it? Sharon, what else could you... Um, we only have another minute or two, but what else can you sh you tell us about your son? <laughs> well, you know, I think he's always been very introspective. He's always had the artistic, kind of creative, inquisitive sort of mind. Um, and I think he's just, you know, he's he's just kind of evolved that into into now the rocks is like his new medium and and probably what he spent the most time at. So. So he's always kind of had that inquisitive mind and, and always wanted to, to, to learn. Well, that's wonderful. And it's nice to have a mom who um, is there too, having, you know, being creative and an artist so that you also are open to the possibilities of this new creation. Right. Yeah, I'm one of his biggest fans. <laughs> well, now I'm a big yeah, fan too. About to say that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sharon, for calling in. We were so happy you did. I was hoping you would. Thank you. You're welcome. Michael, you have any words for your mom? Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sharon. It's been a pleasure. Bye. Bye. So we're, we only have another few minutes, and um, I can go on and on and on with Michael, and hopefully maybe we can have him come back again and talk more and go deeper. But I want him to tell you where you can – I mean, what do you want – I mean, I know you're a photographer as well. So do you sell your photography? Do you have any products that you're selling, anything like that? Um, well, through my website, I sell prints of my photography. Um, I try to make them available for whoever wants them, basically. Um, I do some limited edition canvas prints also that I consider more fine art style. Um then I have a calendar and just kind of some basic things like that. Um, and then sometimes I uh, license the photography to various projects, um, people who want it to represent their work, basically, um, because so many people identify with the uh, metaphor of balance. Um, so, yeah, I try to make it available. Um to pretty much anyone who wants it. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit, I guess, picky about what the purpose is that it's going to be used for. Like if it's something I don't support, then I won't license it. Um, so yeah, it has to be something that falls in line with kind of my ethics and everything also. 
but well, I think that's in perfect. general, I just really like to share my art. That's why I created Gravity Glue is just as a way to show what I've been creating to the world. Well, I like that idea. I think that you know you you are creating something. You're, ta- you're creating a moment. You're creating an experience. You're creating a piece of life that I think you 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 really do want to respect. The concept. Yeah, something um, something I think is possibly one of the more profound things of this art is the way it directly targets the heart of pretty much anyone who looks at it regardless of culture, background, anything, any social demographic is dissolved when people are looking at stone balance. And um, I know this from experience, just all ages, any anybody is completely drawn to it for some reason. And it's something that I think really speaks to the, a person's spirit mm-hmm. more than their mind. Um, yeah. Well, the mind could that's an extremely powerful part of the art. Yeah, I don't think the, the mind can't really comprehend it so much, but it takes us out of our out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes us out of you know that place to where we can be free flowing and we can break free and we can feel we can feel nothing. We can feel. Well, I like to look at it as like almost in a way. A, kind of small scale conscious evolution. <laughs> yeah. Um, Absolutely. It's like a very, very small realization similar to like, Oh, the earth is round, not flat. Mm-hmm. Like this is possible. Right. And it used to be impossible. <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. Right. Well, one thing I can tell you is I am a big proponent of, of things being possible. I have no idea what's impossible. I only, I mean, I may not be able to do it right now, but somebody probably is or can think about how. So, I mean, pretty much everything is, anything is possible. Anything can be possible. Yeah, and there's there's so much that we have no idea about in this universe. Right. (laughs) Like, especially from an energy standpoint. Yeah, and that's why we do the show, so that we could talk to people like you who can show us something that we may never have thought about before or show us mm-hmm. something that I would not have experienced before or, you know, maybe not right yet anyway. And I appreciate it. I thank you for opening me up to this um, element of balance. I Because I'm about balance. I feel balanced in life. Generally speaking, I'm, a, I'm pretty balanced. You know, I, I, I know how to move from one thing to another and mm. um, without getting too caught. And what you just showed me is real balance and how it exists. And Thank it, you. Yeah, it's fabulous. And I, you know, oh, my, well, it's time. But will you come back again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. please. I'd love to have you come back because I can talk about this stuff all the time. And I love having... You know, somebody like you who can talk about it even more than me. <laughs> and I appreciate yeah, and it. There's, there's always a lot more to talk about, oh, yeah. too, especially like the impermanence and kind of the more Zen aspects of yeah. the art. Yeah. I'd love to have you come back and talk more because there's things that you don't know until you talk about it. 
There's, there's, mm -hmm. there's an awareness of things that you are even holding unconsciously that you need to talk about so it becomes conscious so that we can live with it in a different way. So um, I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here and for, you know, sharing this with us, this element and your wisdom and it's been fabulous. And I want to thank all of you out there for sharing this with us today. And um, I would love to hear from you. You're welcome to email me anytime above my head. Just click. Tell me what you think. If you have any ideas or thoughts or concepts or some astounding moment um, that we all can learn from and become even freer and freer and freer because we don't really know the level and the extent of freedom that's available until we go there and then we go there and then we go there and then we go further. So please connect with us, make friends with me on Facebook, Google Plus, and um, have a wonderful day. And thanks so much for being here. And Michael, you've been a joy. And I'm going to get right with you because I want you to come back. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And everybody out there, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Communications Network. Our weekly lineup of call-in programs includes Computers 2K Now with Amnon Nissan, Health In with Debbie Brooke, Breaking Free with Marilyn Shannon, Lessons of Vietnam with NCVBI members, The Tanya Love Show, Reawaken Your Brilliance with Julie Seibert, and if you tuned in too late, you can always watch each program in its entirety or download an MP3 audio file of it at www.nissancommunications.com Sponsored by Atomus.com Makers of quality video recorders and converters for professionals That vidblasterguy.com CarolinaApparel.com and DeltaForce.net